It's the Basketball Hall of Fame's Legends Podcast. I'm Kyle Belanger. Joining me today is a legend not just of basketball, but of American history. He's a 1990 Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame enshrinee, a seven-time NBA All-Star, a two-time All-NBA First Teamer. He racked up 5,397 assists in his career that also saw him win the 1967 NBA Rookie of the Year Award. But that's just the beginning because he's also the former mayor of the great city of Detroit, Michigan, one of the great Syracuse basketball players of all time, and founder of Bing Steel and, eventually, the Bing Group. He is Mr. Dave Bing. Mr. Bing, thanks so much for joining me today. Well, thank you. I look forward to this conversation. So, if you don't mind, let's start with your early life. You're a D.C. boy from humble beginnings, father who worked as a bricklayer and a deacon, how much of your low-key, never-seek-the-spotlight approach comes from those early days in your family? Well, I think it all started there for me because my mom and dad both grew up in the South at some very difficult times. And they didn't think they had much of a future in the South, South Carolina. So they moved when they were young, newlyweds, to Washington, D.C., and, uh, you know, both of my parents were pretty uh, religious, and so uh, me and my siblings, there are three others other than myself, we all kind of grew up in the church, and uh, my dad was very uh, humble, very low-key, and um, he had an unbelievable work ethic, but uh, he was he was really outgoing, and he was friendly, so a lot of people in the neighborhood and in the church uh, seek him out for advice, et cetera, et cetera. So I kind of watched him as a kid growing up and how he got along with people. And uh, I tried to emulate him as best I could. And it's remarkable, too, because we see later on in your political career and even in your, your, your corporate career, that theme of service really come back. So we'll get to that in a moment. I'm very excited to talk about that. After high school, you chose Syracuse University, where you roomed with some guy named Jim Beheim. I wonder whatever happened to him. Uh, can, can, can you remember that relationship and its beginning? I mean, there, there were a lot of wins in those in, in that room, weren't there? Yeah, you know, Jimmy and I came in together uh, as freshmen, uh, and he was a non-scholarship player because he came in as a walk-on because we Syracuse had already uh, given out all of the scholarships. We lost one guy, um, and Jimmy took his scholarship as a sophomore. And Jimmy and I roomed together um, up until my junior year. Um, and and we've always remained close. Uh, quite different because I'm, I'm from a, a, you know, a major urban area, Washington, D.C., and Jimmy was from upstate New York, a little small town. And so you got a white kid and a black kid uh, from two different kind of backgrounds, and here we are uh, as roommates uh, trying to get to know each other uh, as people. Um, Jimmy was not, uh, I think, from an athletic standpoint, um, he, didn't, he didn't possess a lot of the athletic skills that so many players uh, have today. But he was always very smart. He was a cerebral player. And he knew how to get open, and uh, he could shoot the ball. Um, but it was always obvious to me, um, even as uh, college players, that uh, if he didn't make it to the next level, that uh, he was going to coach because 
we stay up uh, at nights talking about different plays, different options, and he always knew um, where I was going to be. He wanted me to know where he was going to be to make sure he got the ball and got an easy shot. But, um, you know, I'm so happy and proud of him because of the kind of success that, that he's had. And, um, you know, Syracuse is very lucky to have him around for so long. After Syracuse, you were, of course, selected number two overall in the NBA draft by the Detroit Pistons, a city you would eventually lead. Uh, So can you talk about the transition from college to the NBA, maybe not even from a basketball standpoint, but from the real life transition, the the lessons that maybe you learned off the court? Well, I knew nothing about Detroit. Um, I had no family in Detroit, and uh, you know, Detroit hadn't even contacted me as a senior in college. So I thought for sure I was going to be going to the Knicks because uh, I'm an East Coast guy. And I thought that Cassie Russell, uh, who was uh, at the University of Michigan Ann Arbor, would be drafted by uh, the Pistons because they're you know, right down the street from each other. But it didn't work out that way. And uh, that was lucky for me because uh, I've made Detroit my home since uh, I moved here in 1966. But Detroit's quite different from from D.C. D.C. is a government town. And most of the people that I grew up with worked in the government. Uh, Detroit is altogether different. It's a blue-collar town. It's a manufacturing town. Uh, Both cities uh, predominantly have African-American populations. So from that vantage point, uh, I was comfortable but I didn't know anybody in Detroit, and um, and my first summer in Detroit was 1967, and uh, we had a ride here. And I'm 22 years old, fresh out of college, and all of a sudden I was seeing things that I was just not accustomed to, and it was um, it, it was tough to make that kind of adjustment. And because um, you know everybody here wanted Kansas. Uh, they didn't know much about me. People in this area hadn't seen me play, so they were disappointed in the draft. But once I got a chance uh, to play and people saw me play and saw my style and, and my ability, I think things turned around for me really quick. So, um, you know, I adjusted and, and started to get to know people here in the city of Detroit, and uh, it's been a a um, a lot ever since I've been here. It's remarkable too, because if you think about, I mean, obviously, for the benefit of our listeners, uh, the, the summer after sixty, so sixty seven, you have the riots, and then the following summer, gosh, it's just the 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 national summer of nineteen sixty eight. So those first two years, fresh out of college, you are truly in the middle of a city that is undergoing just tectonic changes, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. And and the good thing uh, is because, you know, the team was not a good team when I got here. And uh, as we became a little more competitive, uh, you know, and I became a star of the team, I was exposed to a lot of things that were happening in the city, uh, both from a business standpoint, from a community standpoint, from a political standpoint. So all of that was kind of thrust on me when I was very, very young. But I think my upbringing uh, in D.C. and the kind of exposure uh, that I got at Syracuse kind of prepared me uh, for what was going on in Detroit. So um, even though the adjustment was tough, um, I think I made that adjustment and I started to meet a really a lot of good people in the city of Detroit. 
And uh, that that's just really connected me to the city. Indeed. And now you eventually played with the Bullets and the Celtics before retiring in 1978 uh, and turning to your first major business venture, Bing Steel. Um, well, it would eventually evolve into a multi-million dollar mega conglomerate, the Bing Group. It, too, had some bumps along the way. Can you talk about that learning curve in the business world? Because you, above all, you have exemplified what it means to be a lifelong learner. Were those early business lessons tough for a man who had sort of already established yourself and had to start from square one? Yeah, you know, I I didn't know the business uh, early on, but, you know, Detroit was the um, car capital of the world and, uh, you know, a major product into a vehicle for steel. And I, uh, for my first two years after retirement, um, I worked in a, uh, in a steel company just to try to learn the trade. And after two years, um, I kind of knew I wasn't ready. But at the same time, there was an opportunity, and I wanted to take advantage of the opportunity. And having had a good education from Syracuse, um, you know, academically, I, I think I was prepared but once again, uh, going into the business arena, I had saved, you know, back in my era, I mean, we didn't make a lot of money. But fortunately, I had uh, saved some money. And by the time I retired, I had, uh, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars that uh, I was ready to make an investment because I always wanted to run my own business. So after two years of training uh, in this steel company and the opportunity came, uh, I jumped on it. Uh, and I knew that I didn't have all the answers, so I knew I had to go back to my sports background and say, you know, this is this is about a team. I've got to get the right people with me because I don't have the skills and the knowledge uh, to be successful. So um, I've got to make sure I go out and pick the right people who can do the things that I can't do or do some answers that I didn't know. So I started pulling people together, and uh, we pulled the team together. In the first year, it was very, very difficult because we lost money. And in the second year, we kind of stabilized and started uh, uh, to make a little bit of money. And then we had a, a real growth spurt. And over a 29-year period, uh, we started with four people. We ended up with over, over 1,300 people. We had revenue in our first year of a couple of million dollars, and we grew to over 300 million over that 29-year period. And so from a business standpoint, uh, not only were we in the city of Detroit, um, we created um, job opportunities for a lot of folks here in the city. And uh, that's probably what I'm most proud of because uh, I still have relationships with so many of the people that work for me. And uh, without them, I never would have had the success that I had. So I go back to my, my sports analogy and said, you know, it doesn't matter how good you are uh, as an individual, how much you know as an individual, uh, in order to be successful in sports, team sports, uh, you got to have great teammates. And the same thing is true in business. If you're going to be successful, uh, you have to have good uh, uh, you got to have good people on your team uh, in business. And so um, it all worked out, and I'm happy uh, that I chose the route that I chose. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm proud of the success that collectively we had together. Feels like you should be able to count each one of those jobs you've created along uh, with your assists, right? I mean, those are those are maybe the assists that matter. Then, of course, in 2008 and 2009, you ran for and won the mayoral election in Detroit. 
When did you know that you wanted to serve your city in this way? And and how easy or difficult was that transition? Did you just go back to those old, to, to, to the tried and true sports analogies again and, and just surround yourself with good people? Or was it something bigger and deeper and, and wider than that even? It was bigger, uh, wider, and tougher because uh, we had a young mayor that was in his second term and... Um, he got into all kinds of difficulties. Um, he, he wound up going to prison, um, and, and our city um, was just in turmoil. And I had um, I had no dreams of ever getting into the political arena, but because I was so committed and involved in this communities here in the city, and uh, because of my business background, um, I knew all of the top people in the business arena. I mean, I knew a lot of politicians, but I never really desired to become a politician sure. until uh, the business community came to me and said, you know, you're a guy that everybody trusts. Uh, you've had success as an athlete. You've had success as a business person. You're well-known in the community. We need you uh, to run for mayor so that the business community has somebody in the office of the mayor that they trust. And so um, it took me a couple of months uh, to wrap my head around that because, you know, after 12 years as a professional athlete and 29 years as an entrepreneur, I was at a point where I kind of wanted to relax and enjoy life. Sure. And it, it, I'll tell you, I can't tell you that I enjoyed that four and a half years because <laughs> all tough decisions. Uh, the city uh, basically was bankrupt. Um, our debt was over $18 billion, and, uh, you know, we had a lot of um, a lot of bad things that's happening in city government. And uh, I went in and uh, with the same approach. Um, I don't have all the answers. i got to make sure i got the right people and the right decisions. And I had to make most of the other decisions that should have been made uh, way before I got in office. Um, you know, we lost half of our population in the city of Detroit. And so our tax base wasn't what it needed to be uh, to take care uh, of its citizens or the businesses that that were here. And uh, so you go into office with no knowledge. And uh, in a short period of time, people expect you to make all the right decisions. Um, you know, I had to do, all I had to do was, was cut. I mean, there was no easy decisions to be made. But now, as I look back in retrospect, those decisions that I had to make, the other decisions were the right decisions. And our city now is going in the right direction. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Well, finally, Mr. Mayor, what does it mean for you to be working with the Hall of Fame at this stage in your life? Well, basketball um, obviously has been a, a key uh, a key player in, in my whole life, and to be connected and be part of the Hall of Fame uh, and see what a great organization they run, and it also connects you with the history of the game. You know, you look at the players of today. And uh, you marvel at some of the things that they can do. But then when you go back and you look at the guys in my era and even before me, uh, we had different kinds of relationships. Uh, we were friends. We were competitors, but we were friends. And it wasn't about, um, it wasn't the high-fly game that it is today. Um, we only had a, you know, a handful of franchises, and we played each other quite often. 
and we spend the night uh, in, in, in the opposition um, city. So you got to know people very well. And so when you come back and you develop the relationships that you establish as a young player, uh, it is so meaningful and it's so heartwarming because you find out what guys are doing, where they are with their lives, what, what they've done with their families. And it is a family. And, uh, you know, I value that uh, a great deal. So the hall makes sure that uh, they have events to bring us back and get us together. And uh, it's a wonderful occasion when that, when that happens. He is a 1990 Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame enshrinee, a seven-time NBA All-Star, former mayor of Detroit, the founder of Bing Steel and the Bing Group. He is Dave Bing. Mr. Bing, thanks again for your time. I sincerely appreciate it. Thank you so very much. My pleasure.